Hi, it's Michael Benner from the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School in Los Angeles. Happy to be with you as we talk today about giving up defensiveness. This is about relationships. And other than anger itself, defensiveness, kind of a first cousin to anger and anxiety, is responsible for more destroyed relationships than just about anything else. And the funny thing about defensiveness is how offensive it is. We get into these vicious cycles, these tornadoes of defensiveness, and each person taking offense at having been attacked, and so they feel very righteous in their defensiveness, which is perceived by the other person as an attack. That's what's odd about it. So here both sides are defending themselves against each other, but the other is being quite offensive and aggressive and is the cause of the problem. That's why arguments rarely get resolved. It's like, well, I'm not being offensive. I'm defending myself against you. And the other person, of course, feels exactly the same way, failing to recognize that it could be resolved if we would shift from being defensive to actually listening to the other person and acknowledging what they're saying. So that's what we're going to talk about in the first 20 minutes of this premium audio program, which is podcast freely all around the world. And then as we move into the premium program, for those of you who are enrolled, we'll actually do a meditation exercise and show you the A, B, and C of how to manage this in a real-world situation. We'll also add a second program on a related topic for a total of 90 minutes. So if at any point you want to go beyond the podcast and enroll for less than $7 per program, and if you enroll for a subscription, you get a nice discount. The 13 or 52 program package is the best value. And you can register at our primary website, theagelesswisdom.com. Remember, the T-H-E is part of it. So after the initial H-T-T-P part, it's theagelesswisdom.com, or the W's dot theagelesswisdom.com. Click on audio programs and then on premium audio programs, and you'll be able to use PayPal credit, debit, ATM of your choice to enroll in a single program or a subscription series. There are two keys to managing your defensiveness, and then we'll talk about how to take that understanding and empathize with the other person, be a leader and manage their defensiveness as well, eliminating this whole problem. But there's an order to it. You have to recognize and manage your anxiety first. And only then are you in a position to empathize and help manage other people's defensiveness, hurt, anger, and frustration. The two secret keys in no particular order are, first of all, either or thinking. Everything or nothing, all or nothing thinking. That there's only two ways anything can be. Another way of looking at it would be a belief in absolutes. Somebody is absolutely right here. The other person is absolutely wrong. There's no such thing as relativity or a matter of degree. It couldn't possibly be a 55-45 or 70-30 kind of a deal. 
where we could agree to disagree. A list of two, this or that, is not a very long list. We have permutations and combinations and variations, the full swing of the pendulum, as I like to remind myself, when life looks all black or all white. There is, in fact, always a third way or a middle way, and that means a fourth possibility, a fifth way of looking at things, a sixth option, and so on. So an easy way to remember this one is there's always more than either or. The second principle we're going to talk about is the idea of accountability and responsibility for your emotions. Most of us play victim to our emotional feelings as if there's no difference between the emotion and whatever stimulated the emotion. So this person put me on the defensive. It's their fault. This person made me angry. Well, this individual or group or circumstance hurt me. It's all their fault. A much more enlightened view and a much more practical view is to take responsibility, be accountable for the fact that any and all emotions, every single emotional feeling you could possibly have, is your personal response to what was said or done. Or sometimes it's what I wish they had said. <laughs> what they failed to say, what they failed to do, that gets us upset, angry, hurt, and even defensive. So we're going to have to overcome both either-or absolutist thinking and the idea that we're victims of our own personal emotions in order to move forward on this. But I'd like to begin, actually, with a third concept, which is that you are not the person that you're defending. Now, this is the most remarkable part of this whole approach, I think, is who is it you're defending and why do you believe they need to be defended? If you were truly self-confident, if you understood the truth of who you are, you would just accept that not everybody appreciates who you are and not be so easily hurt nor quick to anger and there'd be no need for you to defend anyone or anything because you're comfortable in your own skin. But the truth is, most of us are not very comfortable when it comes to our identity, because we've made it up. We've invented an egoic nature. And what I mean by that is a personality, and the root word of personality is persona, which means mask. So this has been understood since time out of mind. We create a mask, a character, a role that we play, actually several, depending on who we're with. So if you're with your parents, you act one way. If you're with your kids, you act another way. Uh, when your coworkers are around, you act another way. And if the boss walks in, you change your behavior again, as if you are a person of many faces. And then... In private moments, we take a look at, well, who am I really? We still make the mistake of identifying with our thoughts and feelings. Identifying with your feelings is actually closer to the truth of who we are than identifying with our belief systems. 
For a belief is merely a belief. A thought is only a thought. Consider for a moment, before you look at the idea of thinking up your identity, how many of your thoughts have been wrong? I mean, even the DMV test, I bet you didn't get 100%. Oh, gee, I thought this was right, but I guess not. Well, that was my belief. Don't fault me just because I misunderstood it. I believed this was true, but again, wrong. Curiously, you cannot have a wrong feeling, but few people recognize this because they attempt to interpret their feelings with their thoughts. So what you think about a feeling can be wrong, quite often is, even if the feeling itself is not wrong. So we need to make a declaration here instead. I am not merely this thought or this belief system, especially given that I haven't made up my mind. I keep arguing with myself about what's right or wrong, what's the proper thing to do, what would be an error, gee, I want this, no, I better not do that. We have these constant debates in our heads, so, you know, how can you definitively say I am what I think I am? Descartes, I think, therefore I am. There's more to it than that. He probably meant I am aware, therefore I am, but he didn't say that, so we may never know for sure. The declaration we need to make is, I am more than my thoughts, feelings, behavior, and perception of the world. I am that awareness that I am. I am that I am. I am aware that I am the awareness of my thought more than the thought. And when you can do that mindful detachment, that one step back, and look at your feelings the way you could watch your body breathing itself without interfering, just as passive as can be, allowing your involuntary breathing, the autopilot of your body breathing itself all by itself, and you identify not as the breather but simply the watcher. You can do that same thing with your thoughts and feelings. You can pull back just a little bit, take a step back, and watch that thought process when it's not applied to a particular task, like reading or speaking or making a list or writing a paper or deciding or planning, setting a goal. Yeah, you're driving your thoughts in those cases. But when you sit back and have no task that you're applying your thoughts to, the mind doesn't stop. It races on by itself according to its own agenda, and we believe that's us, and it's not. It's a filter or a series of filters. The curtain, classically in literature, like The Wizard of Oz, Toto pulled back the curtain and we saw things as they really are. Well, this is a ages-old concept from time out of mind that... We need to slow our thinking and look out through the gaps in between. Identify as the one who watches the thought, who is aware, more than identifying with the thoughts themselves. When you do that, there will be no need for defensiveness. There will be no one to defend. You'll still have a sense of self, 
but you'll be easy enough with who you are, comfortable enough in your own skin, that you can say to a person with whom you disagree, well, you know, that may be. I have a different view of it, but you may have a point. That could be. Or, here's another way to say it, you know, that's not my viewpoint, but I can understand how you'd feel that way. That makes sense. I don't see it that way, but I can understand that you might. I think you'll find in relationships, again, whether it's your family or friends or co-workers or anybody else, could be a stranger in a in a parking lot of a grocery store or something you having a discussion with, doesn't much matter. When you acknowledge another person, especially one who disagrees with you, you can say, I don't agree with you, but I get it. I understand how you could feel that way. Or, well, that may be. We may never know. That could be. You might be right about that. That's all they wanted. That's as close as anybody can get to, quote, winning an argument is to get acknowledged. And the more you think about that, if you reflect on that, especially in meditation, what do I want when I argue? If the person you're arguing with, you're being defensive against their defensiveness and you're going back and forth, if that person said to you, well, I don't agree with you, Michael, but I understand how you could feel that way. I mean, isn't that the satisfaction you're looking for? Doesn't that resolve the situation? Now you really don't care whether they agree with you or not. You thought that's what you wanted was agreement, but suddenly you realize that's not really what you want. (laughs) You just want to be acknowledged, right? It's a little child inside that doesn't get enough acknowledgement in childhood, so Most of us spend the rest of our lives trying to get acknowledged, approval, and acceptance to feel okay, to feel that we're part of a group, that we belong, that we're connected, to replace the more common feeling of being separated and disconnected, alienated from other people. I call this spiritual separation anxiety. It's the pain of incarnation that we're ripped from this oneness of energy and spirit, dropped into these little separated fleshy vehicles, these bodies, into a world of separated form where everything is separate from everything else. And where things are not separated, like the ecosystem and the environment, it appears to be separated so we don't see that the tree is connected to the grass and the sky through the roots in the earth and its reliance on carbon dioxide, its release of oxygen, which the animals inhale and release carbon dioxide in a beautiful symbiotic relationship of interreliance, interdependence, where there's ultimately just one life at work, but somehow we miss it. So we cut down the rainforests and kill the spotted owls, and the rivers get silted, the salmon die, the bears have nothing to eat, and we start this domino effect and wonder, well, how did we do that? <laughs> I thought everything was separate and independent. 
No. That's our belief system. And that's the cause of the pain that results in our defensiveness. If we knew that we were not these separated, alienated creatures, but in fact, it's important to acknowledge a diverse and even unique expression of a single source, whatever that may be, whether you see that in terms of physics or metaphysics is totally up to you. Whether you see that in terms of physics, metaphysics, or any other way, that's entirely your business. Suffice to say, there's absolutely no evidence that there's more than one source of all that is. Our bodies and the bodies of all living creatures are made out of the very same chemical elements as inorganic, non-living things. The clay and the dust and the minerals, the rocks, star stuff, and all the chemicals of the periodic table are inorganic, but also organic. We're made out of that same stuff. You may not consider that in your daily life and affairs, but now that I bring it up, it's worth reflecting upon. So for those of you who are just listening to the podcast, let me repeat, the best thing you can do, whoever you think was first to become defensive, and you're only defensive because their defensiveness looks like an attack on you from your point of view. And of course, they're experiencing the same illusion that your defending of self looks to them like an attack upon them. You can break that vicious cycle simply by saying, that could be. I can understand how you'd feel that way. You don't even have to add, by the way, I disagree. I have my own point of view. You could if you wanted. But give before you seek to receive. Love is a giving thing. Understanding and awareness is something you give away to others. If you expect it to be reciprocated, you've got to initiate. You've got to be the leader. And then if you want to add, oh, by the way, I look at this a little differently. Maybe later we can talk about my point of view and you could acknowledge that maybe I have a point even though you disagree. But you've got to be the person. Having listened to this audio program, you're now in a position of leadership and can be the one to initiate. Well, wait a minute. Are you saying this and this? And play it back to them. Hey, if I understand you, what you're saying is da-da-da-da-da-da. Is that right? Well, obviously, I disagree with that. I see it differently, but... That makes sense. I understand how you can feel that way. Or even something as brief, concise, and simple as that may be, could be. You might be right about that. Or if it's a spouse, maybe well, you're probably right. I see it a little differently, but maybe we could talk about that another time. That's what people want, is acknowledgement. And once they get it, that level of acceptance, right? They don't care if you agree or not. That's, that's a big secret. So if you're enrolled in the premium program, stay tuned. We're going to talk more about why are we defending anything? Why do we believe there's something here that needs defending? What's really going on? What's the hurt underneath that anger and defensiveness, that frustration and irritation? And why does it hurt so much? Again, 
Join us for the premium program by enrolling at theagelesswisdom.com. And consider the social net. Haven't talked about that in a while. Here's an alternative to Facebook for you. It's absolutely ad-free and free to join, free to use. Theagelesswisdom.ning.com. All right. We have blogs. We have discussion threads. We have JPEG gallery and a really cool video gallery with contributions by other members saying, hey, this is what I found on Vimeo or YouTube that I thought was cool, or here's a video I've uploaded myself. It's an incredible resource, primarily for the self-help community for women and men interested in personal and spiritual growth. So it's our primary website, theagelesswisdom.com, with N-I-N-G, Ning inserted before the dot com theagelesswisdom.ning.com hope to see you there as always be gentle love life and take care of each other from los angeles this is michael bemmer so long